0: news from the Torah. This is Leah Roni. Today is the 20th of December 2023, uh, the eighth day of the Hebrew month of Tevet, and this week we're reading the Torah portion of Vayagash. Uh, We're almost nearing the end of Sefer Brashid, the book of Genesis, and this week's Torah portion starts out very dramatically at a very climactic moment. When uh, the brothers of Yosef, the 11 tribes of Israel, came down to Egypt to buy food and they meet the Egyptian prince, the Egyptian's viceroy, who is in charge of all the food distribution in the country, and they don't know that this person is their brother, Yosef. And Yosef plays a trick on them and he um, wants to take Benjamin. The youngest one of the brothers, who is his uh, full brother, um, hostage, and now the other ten brothers have to deal with this situation. So this is where the Torah left us off last week, and this week Yehuda uh, approaches Joseph in order to claim Benjamin and release Benjamin, and he offers himself as a hostage instead. Of Benjamin, and he's ready to wage war against Joseph if necessary. Um, I understand, and I think you understand too, that this Torah portion, in which the Jewish people have to wage war against their enemies in order to release hostages, um, is very apropos to our situation today. There's a lot of talk about. Um, another ceasefire, and if that's the right thing to do, and also this talk of maybe a new front opening in Lebanon, and there's a new front potentially opening um, in uh, Yemen to ensure that um, ships can reach the Suez Canal and international trade can go on. So this is a very poignant Torah portion in which God gives us some guidelines how to approach war and also gives us guidelines how not to be afraid. And this is what we really want to talk about today, dealing with fear. I spoke to some friends uh, over the past few weeks and they have shared their experiences. And I'm hearing from a lot of friends who are still dealing with traumatic experiences, traumatic responses to what happened on October 7th. People in Israel and people abroad. Many people feel like they're out of it with their friends, they don't relate to their friends anymore, in particular I respect to one woman who is married, who's intermarried, and she feels like she lost connection to her husband because, yeah, he's sympathetic and all, but he's not Jewish, he just doesn't feel the pain, and that's the experience of a lot of Jews around the world, that they sort of lost their social circle because they feel that life goes on as it used to be, and... People continue with their life as usual, but things change. The world changed on that October 7th. The world changed on Simchat Torah. We cannot go on as usual, and some of it is a traumatic response, but some of it is real. There's really a need. God is calling us. On October 7th, Simchat Torah got knocked on our door and said, guys, things cannot go on as usual anymore. And as barbaric and hideous as the crimes of Hamas have been, and as traumatic as these events have been for the Jewish people, it's also a wake-up call. Uh, The event of this magnitude has to be a wake-up call that each and every one of us cannot go on with our lives as usual. We have to step up to the plate and start asking, what does God want from me? What does God want me to do? What am I needed for? Am I only here to drive carpool in the morning and pay mortgage and go to work and drink coffee and uh, you know go to the, to the supermarket in the evening and put kids to sleep at night and then do this all over again? Or is there something bigger, something greater that God needs me to do, God wants me to do? What's the wake-up call? I think every single one of us has to hear the wake-up call. And this is probably the first message of Yehuda. Yehuda heard the wake-up call. Yosef didn't play this whole trick on his brothers for nothing. He wanted to give them a chance to repent. His brothers sold him into slavery because they didn't see the brotherly connection. They didn't feel the brotherly connection. There was a lot of negativity and toxicity between the brothers, and so they sold Yosef to slavery. But now Yosef was giving his brothers a chance to make a change, to make a restitution, to, to live up to their potential. And of the brothers, Yehudah is the one who heard the wake-up call. He's the one from all the brothers, although he's not the oldest, he's the fourth. One of the brothers who got up and stood up um, and owned the situation and really offered himself instead of his brother. But he was also ready to wage war against Joseph and against Egypt to ensure the safety and security of his family. And so I think the first message of this story portion is for every single one of us to do this Vayigash. Vayagash means to, to step forward. We need to step forward to life, to understand that God doesn't want us to step back God certainly did not knock at our windows on that terrible, horrible day for us to step back to recoil, to be traumatized, although that's very natural. He wants us to step up, to step up to the challenge, to step up to the relationship, to ask us and ourselves, what am I supposed to do? What is expected of me? How can I be part of the Jewish people? How can I be part of God's world? What is needed of me that's beyond the usual, beyond the routine? And this, I think, is the first and most important question of the latest events. But it's very natural to be afraid. It is very natural to look at the world around, see how it's changing, and to be scared. In Israel, many people are scared because, you know, we're in the middle of a war. Our citizens are being shelled. There are... 200,000 internal refugees, displaced people in Israel. There are as many people who are in cities that are affected by the war and cannot leave. The economic situation is perilous. Now, many people are out of work. So, yeah, the situation is hard. And, you know, we may have a bigger and more intense war on the horizon if the Lebanese front opens, which it really sounds like it will. So there's a lot of fear inside Israel, but there is a lot of fear for Jews all over the world um, with the anti-Semitism on the rise, with attacks on Jews on the rise. And this is, a thing a time to call to all of our non-Jewish listeners to please reach out to your Jewish community, your neighboring Jewish community, to the people around you, and show them that you care. Show them that you're friends. Show them that you're supporters, because for many Jews... The silence of the good people is deafening. I just saw yesterday, actually, in one of the neighborhoods, I think, um, in Long Island, that the people um, in the Neighborhood Reform Temple drove to the temple on Shabbat. And when they came out on every single car in the temple parking lot, there was a sticker, uh, there was a flyer with a large heart, And it came from a man who said, hi, I'm your neighbor, I'm originally from Bulgaria, we see you, we love you, we care about you, we support the Jewish people for all the good they have done for the world, for all the science and music and health that you have contributed. And my name is so-and-so, and and I'm from Bulgaria, and we saved our Jews during World War II. And it's such a special gesture of one person who shows that he cares and that the Jews in his neighborhood are not alone. So for all of our non-Jewish listeners around the world, I'm telling you the Jewish people in your neighborhood crave to be seen. They crave your support. They want people to show up and say, "We see you. We understand that you feel threatened and we won't let bad things happen to you." It really it really takes individuals, people like you who are listening to me right now, to step up to the plate and show that you care. Not to go around our life anymore as usual because your Jewish neighbors are not continuing their life as usual. They feel fear and they feel threatened. And now I really want to talk about dealing with fear. And there's beautiful teaching that I would like to share with you from the Baal Shem Tov, the founder of the Hasidic movement. And he says, "What enabled Yuda to step up to the plate and to step up to Yosef and really um, save his brother from being a hostage? But how did Yehuda overcome whatever fear he had in this situation?" And it said that Yuda said, "Be Adoni," you no, know, and it really means, you "No, know, look, my master," you know, like, "Look at me." But what it also means is that God is inside of me. And I would say, just say that a person needs to understand that every single thing that befalls us in the world, every single situation that we encounter in the world for good or for bad is really orchestrated by God. And just like Yosef was hiding in that situation, he sort of orchestrated The trap for his brothers, but it was really Yosef who orchestrated the situation. In a similar way, every situation we find ourselves in is orchestrated by God. Just like Yosef was hiding, so is God hiding. Just like Yosef orchestrated a situation for a purpose, so does God orchestrate every single situation for a purpose. Sometimes we find ourselves in a situation and we're going like, what the heck? Like, how did I find myself here? How did this happen? Or what's going on through the minds of the people who are doing this to me? Like, why am I here? What is this? And what it is, is God orchestrating and creating these crazy situations for us to say, to stop for a minute and say, what's going on? What's happening here? Like, I don't understand. Why is this happening to me? But then not why is this happening to me, but what for is this happening to me? Like, what is God telling me now? What is God asking me now? And also understanding that in every situation that we feel pain, God is inside of us. And God, as it were, feels pain together with us. Okay? He also feels our pain and he is in pain with us. Just like yourself, think about it. Yosef orchestrated this situation for his brothers, but it was painful for him. It was painful for him to see his brothers in pain. So in a similar way, it's painful for God to see us in pain. But like a good parent, sometimes he creates these challenges for us so that he can teach us a lesson and we can learn a lesson and maybe we can move up to a different place. So the way out of the difficult situation is actually... Not to take it at face value. The way out of difficult situation is to understand that something is hiding inside. There's somebody hiding inside. And stepping up to him and say, I see you. God, I see you here. I see you hiding. I know there's something you want from me. I know you're in pain together with me. I know the situation is all you're doing. I'm going to look at it and understand what do you want from me. And I'm really going to live up to it. And then he says, the Baal Shem Tov, you're not afraid of anybody or anything. Because, you see, there's so many situations in life where we are afraid. The Baal Shem Tov talks about the fact that everybody in this world feels uh, scared. Everybody in this world has fears. A mouse fears, a cat and a cat fears, a dog and a dog fears. A wolf and a wolf fears an a lion, and every single person feels a per, uh, scared of a person who is bigger and stronger than him or herself. So fear is a natural feeling, and there are many, many situations in life that create fear or create unpleasantness for us. Really, fear is just an example. Every single emotion could be substituted here, but right now we're talking about fear. So the Tov says. That if you live in the natural world, you have so many things to be afraid of. You can be afraid of losing your job. You can be afraid of losing your money. You could be afraid of losing your health. You could be afraid of the latest virus. You could be afraid of your neighbor who is being mean to you. You could be afraid of your mother-in-law who comes over to visit and you don't want to see her. You can be afraid of a war. You can be afraid of anti-Semites. There's so many different fears in the world. And if a person just lives in a natural world, surrounded by all this stuff, you know, it's actually natural to feel anxiety because just life is scary. Life is dangerous. There's so much going on. So many things can go wrong, you know. And sometimes they come out of the left field like whoever expected Corona, right? Who ever expected COVID one day to land in our life and just shut us down. No, Nobody expected that. Who expected this war to just start from literally no place? There was no lead up. There was no build up to this war. And we all woke up one horrible Shabbat morning and found ourselves in the middle of a war with so many of our brothers and sisters killed. Now, I remember my husband coming from synagogue on that day and telling me that there are probably a few dozen casualties down south that he heard from people in our Um, civilian defense unit and of course it's shabbat we cannot turn on the radio we're not listening to the news so but you know the people on the civilian defense unit they have their walkie-talkies and and you know they they pass on different updates and um so they knew that there were a few dozen casualties down south and to me that sounded crazy it sounded unbelievable that there could be a hamas attack and there could be a few dozen casualties that that just sounded crazy. And then we turn on the news after Shabbat and it's 200 people, and then the next day it's 300 people, and then you know, slowly, slowly they raise the numbers. Um, I think just not to send people into too much shock, and then you get to like 13, 1400. It's crazy, and, and even the fact that I'm saying 13 or 1400 that we don't have an exact number, or actually we do, but we don't like we're, we're so like done counting. You know, like um, we're just like it's so much. Okay, nobody expected that to happen in, in five hours for them to be able to kill so many people. So there's so much to be afraid of, but the Shantov says that there's a secret to overcoming fear. And the secret to overcoming fear is understanding that all the fears in the world actually come from one place. All the fears in the world come from God. Really, the only fear you need, the only awe you need is the awe of God because he runs your life. He creates all of these situations. And obviously, it's important to say that the horrible, terrible, barbaric people who perpetrated these situations they are absolutely responsible. they're absolutely responsible for what happened. there's no not a doubt in my mind and shouldn't be taken any other way. but in the end when a person uh, encounters an, uh, a situation of fear, if a person understands that only God controls this world and nothing can happen in this world without God, without God's intervention, and the only fear we have is the fear of God, then those other fears fall by the wayside. You can be afraid of two things at once. And if you are concentrated on the fear of God, then you are not concentrated on any other fear. You don't have so much to be afraid of. And he gives a beautiful example. If one day uh, a king sends a soldier or a policeman to fetch somebody to the palace... So if the person who now, you know, encounters the soldier, the soldier comes to your house, knocks on the door and says, hi, you know, the king is calling you, the king told me to fetch you. If you start expending any of your energy on talking to the soldier or, you know, treating him nicely or trying to bribe him or whatnot, it's really not about the soldier. The soldier is just a shalia. He's just a messenger. Really, what you should do is pick yourself up and run to the king and figure out what does the king want from you. And, you know, is are you in good graces or bad graces? And try to ingratiate yourself into the king's good graces. It's only a fool who's going to be spending his time, wasting his time trying to bribe the soldier or be nice to the soldier because it's not about the soldier. The soldier, as scary as he may look, you know, with his guns and everything, he's just a messenger. and you know, A policeman is just a messenger. He doesn't have any power of his own. The only power he has is the power he, uh, vested into him by the king or by the state. So really it's not about the, the soldier or the policeman. It's about going to the king and making sure that you are on good terms with the king. So that's the parable that the Baal Shemtubh gives. And the 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 metaphor is for the fact that all the fears are just messengers. All the fears we have in this world are just messengers from God who say, Hi, look at me. You actually should be talking to me. I'm running this place. And the more we're concentrated on God, then the less we fear all the other things because nobody has any power over you. Nobody and nothing has any power over you without God actually letting them exercise that power. Or as somebody said, other people's free will ends at the tip of your nose. So the more we look at that, the more we uh, think about that, the more we um, take time to process this thought, the less fear we will have. Because every time fear strikes, we can say, wait, what am I afraid of? Who am I afraid of? And they say, wait, but this person is just a messenger from God. This person cannot do anything to me without God letting them. I am going to concentrate on my fear of God, on asking, what is God telling me through this person, through this messenger? What does God want from me now? And then, you know, that messenger, he just melts into the background. And the same goes for positivity as well, by the way. Every love we have, every positive emotion we have is also a message from God. And we can delve um, and dwell on the outside, on on the food that we're enjoying, on the relationship that we enjoy, on beautiful things that we enjoy, or maybe on cravings that we have. We'll understand that all of those are just kisses and hugs that God is sending us to make our life better, to make our life fun, for us to enjoy life. And then if we can trace back that good positive feeling back to God and say, God, thank you. I love you so much. Thank you for that for that show of love you just given me. You no, know, just like a mother when she wants to treat her son or her daughter and she wants to show them how much she loves them. So she makes something nice for them like um, a, a food that they like or gives them a cookie. The cookie is not the point. The cookie is just a symbol of her love. So everything we get in life, all the beautiful, delicious, uh, fun things we get in life are just cookies. But those cookies are just symbols of God's love for us. And the more we can penetrate and see that, the more we can penetrate the outside shell and see that everything in the world is a message from God, sometimes a message of love. Actually, I'm going to take that back. Always a message of love. But sometimes that love is expressed as a kiss and a hug and a cookie. And sometimes that love is expressed as, hey, listen to me, look me in the eyes. There's something I want to tell you, but you're not listening. And so I have to shake you up for you to listen. But it also comes from a place of love. The more we can concentrate on everything and see God's love for us and see that God wants things from us, then there's nothing for us to be afraid of. Nobody can do anything to us. Nobody can hurt us because we have only one source of everything. And we're in contact with only with God, and he's really the one running the show. So I'm going to sign off on that. I really hope that these messages, that these words of the Baal Shem Tov, help you connect more during these very challenging times. And um, step up to the plate, own what you can, hear what God wants to tell you, connect to the people around you in a supportive way, and also overcome the fears, overcome any negativity you may be feeling. So with that, I will see you next week. And this was Leia with the news from the Torah. Bye-bye now.